0: Thank you for tuning in to Finding Kim Amaro, Chapter 5. <clears throat> Thank you for tuning in to Finding Kim Amaro, Chapter 5, Revised. This can't be the end. We'll get to it. <clears throat> Tuning into Finding Kim Amiro, Chapter 5, the revised edition. We had to take down our original Chapter 5, This Can't Be the End. We received a message from a woman who started off with insults and ended her message saying that she had been in tears over the episode. You see, our episode, Chapter 5, talked about the property that Randy spoke of in his letter and on the CDs. It spoke of the dig that was behind there at the second location looking for Kim, and it talked about our journey. My colleagues, my friends, my family, my people that went up there. One thing I did say about the property is that it's beautiful. Another thing I said is that it gives off a, I don't know, a heebie-jeebie vibe to everybody that's been up there. It upset this woman because it belongs to her family, so she says. Thank you for tuning in to Finding Kim Amaro, Chapter 5, The Revised Edition. We had to take down our initial Chapter 5, which was entitled, This Can't Be the End, due to a what? Thank you for tuning in to Finding Kim Amaro, Chapter 5, The Revised Edition. Whether you're listening to this on the podcast or watching this on the documentary, I appreciate you joining us on this journey. We had to take down our initial chapter five. We received a message from a woman who started out with insults but ended up telling us that she was in tears over the episode, that she was very upset, that her family had ownership in the property that we had been on. You see, chapter five was all about this property that Randy spoke of in his CDs and letters. It was about the digs. I'm sure it brought back horrible memories for the Ameros and it may have brought back some memories for this woman. Her family plays there, she said, her kids. She's up there in the summer camping, and there we are, traipsing about, taking pictures of it, talking about how it gives off this heebie-jeebie vibe, talking about this abandoned encampment that's behind it and who lives there, talking about a hole that was dug and a shovel we found. We had pictures to show you as well of the property, but I'll keep them down. This is all at the request of that family. few things, though. We never set out to hurt anybody. We just want to find Kim Amaro, and... We all felt terrible that this woman was so upset by chapter five. So upset so that she was insulting us without reason. And we felt like it just isn't right, that we should take the episode down. Oddly enough, she had asked me to deal with her father, who I believe is the owner of the property, or he claims to be the owner of the property. However, his name doesn't match the property records. And he says that he owns the trailer on the property. However, the plates are registered to someone else. The toughest thing about this documentary, is discovering the truth. We have a very small set of facts to deal with. We know Kim was at the X. We know she hasn't been seen since. We know that Randy sent letters and CDs saying that where she was and claiming to be a psychic and only out to help the police. We know that Michael A. McGray claimed to have killed her and left her on the Kingston Peninsula. Although that's unverifiable, we're pretty sure that that's a fact. We also know that there was this dig in 2009 at a campground on the peninsula That's all we know. The only thing we can do is start to eliminate. So we eliminated the 2009 dig on the original Chapter 5. Reason why we eliminated is we've had many sources come to us and tell us that they were searching for a past prostitute. We couldn't find any proof of it, but a woman sent us an article And thank you, by the way, for sending it. She sent us an article uh, about Jason Rogerson. He was a convicted killer, and he was on trial for murder again. Um, This time, he used a self-defense routine against a female. Um, The the, uh, defense that he gave wasn't likely. Um, If you watch it, you may not believe it. But Jason Rogerson was up uh, on murder of a woman uh, named Amber Young in Oshawa, Ontario, although he's from St. John. Rumor has it is that he told the police that there was a dead prostitute buried there because he had a falling out with the owner. Now, we have had uh, been able to find proof that they were very good friends at one time. We were able to find proof that they had a falling out. Um, and then we went to the island and talked to many, many people. Um, and we were also told that they were looking for a dead prostitute. So we're eliminating that 2009 dig. We already went through in another episode the Michael Way McGray theory. And that kind of just leaves us with one of two theories. Randy's involved or he did it or he's nuts and has nothing to do with this case. and we're back to square one. I could easily pass off the Randy's crazy theory very easily, saying that he became obsessed with this case and wanted to solve it and wanted to be involved and had no way of doing so. so he made up this grandiose theory and you know maybe he has a you know a mental illness or a disorder and and that was his way of becoming involved and it was all for nothing. But you have to think. He was obsessed about this case long before he involved himself in it. He was grooming his grandson to believe that he was a psychic so that later they could go to the police. I don't buy that nuts theory. I don't, because he would have done something beforehand. Now, he did write a letter, and we said in the 90s it went nowhere, but then he had the patience to wait so many years later to send another letter and another tape. I don't know. That's something that we can't figure out. That's something that only Randy really can confirm. However, Randy's not talking. We've banged on his door, we've mailed him letters, we've contacted him on Facebook, we've contacted him uh, via email, and we've offered him a chance to tell his side of the story and nothing. We've also even asked him to anonymously contact us and just pinpoint on a map where she is and still we have nothing. We have, however, had some pretty weird messages. I've run them by uh, Randy's family to say, hey, could this be Randy sending these messages? They think, perhaps. So maybe Randy's communicating with us anonymously, and I don't even know it. That could be happening. But we are left with this theory. This, what does Randy have to do with this case theory? The fan outpouring of this documentary has been incredible and incredibly helpful. Last episode I talked about some cowboys that said that Randy had uh, uh, mentioned his smashed computer at work, which is you know validating what um, Jesse and uh, Dylan had told us. Um, they said that there was a gentleman who claimed to be the owner of that property and left work one day saying that he's not allowing anyone to dig on his property. Um, and he said that Randy brought heat to the property, which was a strange thing to say. Um, That all came from fans of the documentary. Um, The Jason Rogerson story about the campground came from a fan of the documentary. I feel like we're getting close. There's so many people trying to solve this case that how could we not solve it together as a community? Right now, I have a lovely, lovely woman who is contacting people that worked at the dry docks in the 80s because we believe that's where Randy worked. Um, We have other people who are experts in land ownership and have given us amazing land ownership records. But I wanna clarify something about Randy because I have received a lot of speculation about Randy maybe working with Michael Wayne McGray or a whole bunch of other missing women that he may have attacked. And I have to tell you this, Randy did horrible things to his daughter, horrible things. Randy went to the fair every year and his family members remember him commenting on teenage girls. I'm guessing that Randy maybe had a mental illness and was attracted to young, young women. But Randy went to work every day. Randy provided for his family. And Randy has been single for many, many, many years. As many years as Kim's been missing, he's been single. I don't think that he is out on a Friday night raping women. I don't think that he's out killing women. If he had something to to do with Kim and her disappearance, I don't think he has had since. I have no proof of that, of course. But his family also feels the same way. He just worked until he went to jail for what he did to Jesse. That was his life. Um, So I appreciate um, everybody sending me cases from around Canada wondering if if Randy was involved in them, but he didn't travel outside the province. Jesse did live with him, as did his son, um, for many, many, many years, Um, and I don't think that he's crossed Canada and back killing and raping women. Some good news that we've had on the documentaries that CTV picked up the story, and they interviewed myself and Edomero regarding the story. Um, And the police have now upgraded, um, or maybe she has been for a while, um, Kim is a missing person, not an endangered runaway anymore, and that is great. I've petitioned to the Canadian Missing Persons website to have her changed there as well from an endangered runaway to a missing person based on the police's word. So that's good news because now she's not people won't be looking for her face so much as they will be looking for who did what to her which brings me to the runaway theory which is the final theory that we or the first theory actually that we spoke about that she did just run away i gotta stick by my guns on this one um i've spoke to her family i've spoke to people who who knew kim and nobody thinks that she's she has gone and just never contacted her family And if she has she's in lots of trouble when she gets home you know 32 years is the longest time to go without telling someone you're okay, so Just in case Kim if you're out there even contact me and just tell us that you're okay We can stop all of this There are so many people looking for you right now And we can put a stop to it with just a quick email just an email saying hey, I'm okay Leave me alone and stop looking for me And I also want to send a message out to Randy Randy, if you are listening to this, like I said, pinpoint on a map, send us an anonymous message, call me. I gave you my phone number and the letters. Do something. Put the put this to bed and, and give the Ameros the peace they deserve. So that leaves us with the questions. As I said in Chapter 5, we have no new information. We are getting so many cooperating stories, which is amazing because it tells us that perhaps we're headed down the right path and we're going the right way. And we've had a lot of coworkers contact us and old friends contact us and just people in general contact us and say, Hey, I remember, Hey, I found this on the internet and it's amazing. And please keep that coming. Don't stop looking for her because we have some questions that aren't answered. Of course the main one is, you know, where is she? But we've got to get from right where we are right now to there, we need to know a few things. A question that we were wondering is, was it hunting season at the beginning of September in 1985? Was it hunting season? Because Randy in his letter claims to have been hunting at the time. He claims in his letter that he was hunting on a rainy day. Was there an absence from his work? Was, did he take that week off? We know this is St. John. Even my husband takes the first week of hunting off. So is that what he did? Did he take that week of hunting off of work is that documented somewhere Um, does anyone remember him taking that week off work and if he was hunting was it hunting season was it deer season was it moose season up there was it even partridge season i don't know that's a question we have to work on because if randy's not talking and the police aren't talking. We have to do this on our own and try and put all the pieces of the puzzle together. We have to come up with what he drove back then. Jessie was so young. She's, you know, pretty sure she remembers the name of the car. She's pretty sure she remembers the color, but we need to know definitively. We need to talk to neighbors up there. We have um, left messages up and around the property for many people that live up there We actually were contacted by someone who lived up there You know someone who explained some of the ownership and the entanglements because it's a very confusing long line of ownership up there um, We just recently learned that there's a well on that property up there. Did anyone check the well? Have we gone down the well to check? I don't know. How do you get down a well? I don't know. This is a question we need answered if we're going to put these pieces together I'm not saying we should go on a witch hunt for Randy. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying if Randy's not willing to come forward and clear his name, or if he's not willing to come forward and fill in the blanks, and the police aren't helping us do so, then we kind of have to fill them in ourselves either to eliminate him or not. So did he work um, that week? Does anybody remember? How do we find out uh, if it was hunting season in 1985 in September? Because that's what he claims to have been doing. I don't know. So many questions. What car did he drive back then? Did anybody hear anything? Did anybody see anything? And who was this strange character? Now I am gonna tell this quick story about the property, and I I know that the family asked me not to speak of the property or put pictures of the property, but um, they also won't let the Ameros dig there. So I'm torn because you know this person that contacted me again isn't who the property records say is the owner. This trailer that he that he says that he owned, I believe him, but again, it's not registered to him, and um, he says that he, not the other person I spoke of, the co-worker that said, hey, there's heat on the property, but he says that he was the one that said they couldn't dig because he didn't want them digging up his property because his family used it and camped there. And that leaves me thinking one thing. If you had an inkling that there was a missing girl on your property, how could you sleep there? How could you be there? How could you say no to a family who is aching and they're on fire and burning in pain because they can't find their sister? How do you tell them no, that they can't dig it up? Especially when they're willing to put it right back the way that they found it. That's so aggravating. Ah, imagine, imagine everyone out there that your brother or your sister, your favorite sibling, I don't know, is missing. And you think she's on this guy's property. And you're pretty certain that somebody has either buried her there or there's evidence on that property somewhere about where she could be because there's a guy down the street going, this is what happened to her. And the guy turns to you and says, no, no, you can't dig for her. What? What? No. Oh, that's so frustrating. That's so frustrating. And not only that. How can you let your family camp up there and be up there and be all happy-go-lucky knowing that perhaps right under your feet is Kim Amaro or perhaps you have disturbed all kinds of evidence that would prove that Kim Amaro was there? Like what? Ugh! Sorry. Sorry, didn't mean to rant, but wow. I don't even know what, what point I was getting at just now. I have no idea. But that really frustrated me. Um, to learn that and and to come out and say you know i was the one who said that they couldn't dig i thought what why would you say that why would you not let them dig because you're you don't want yourself you know family campground disturbed during the summer that's crazy oh yeah i remember what i was saying i will reiterate this and i will talk about this on this revised edition for those of you who did watch the original chapter five before it came down i, I would like to revise it right now um But I want to retell this story. So you've already heard this story, but I'm going to retell it. There was a gentleman that drove up to us on one of our visits on the property and told us this story about a burnt out car. He told us three last names of three people we can't find. Um, And he said that they were Grease Monkeys backyard mechanics. And he stumbled upon them down the street burning a car on some rocks. When he asked what was wrong, they said that it had uh, blown the tranny. So they were just burning the car. Two things of note that he said was that the car was an oldie but a goodie. It was worth money. And there was no doubt in his mind that those three guys could have dropped a tranny in it as easy as one, two, three. So then he said that he remembers hearing about Kim Amaro on the radio. And that he wondered if that car had anything to do with her disappearance. This gentleman did not give us his name. He did in some sort of passing conversation give us his last name, I believe. But again, it didn't turn up anything. And I don't know if it was his real last name. Um, and... I found that really strange because if you ask the Maros they don't remember hearing it on the radio. Um, Theo, one of uh, Kim's siblings, said, "You know, we didn't we didn't call the police for a while. You know, we didn't think she was missing. We thought she had run away, and um, and the police thought she had was she had run away at the time. They thought that she was a runaway. So if it was anything on the radio, it would have been that she was an endangered runaway or that they're looking for this runaway girl. Keep your eye out for this runaway girl. So." The fact that that gentleman said that he heard about her um, being kidnapped or gone missing on the radio eh, throws up a little red flag for me i don't know who this gentleman is um one of my colleagues actually took a picture of him which is great so we have that picture but i don't know who it is and i i don't want to put a picture um, of somebody up here um under speculation because he could have just you know when i heard her on the radio but her going missing or being kidnapped when really he read in the paper that she had run away i don't know But um, that really struck me as odd. And if you drive down the road a little bit, you do see a car carcass. So the story is real, I'm guessing. Um, But that really threw up a red flag. So I'd really like to dig into that a little bit. Um, And I'd really like to talk to some people from the 80s. So we're putting a call out to anybody um, who spent time up in Upham in the 80s, or at the dry docks, or anyone that knew Randy, to please get in touch with us and tell us any story, anything that you remember whatsoever. and like I said, we're having a really hard time, you know, wading through all of this stuff to find what pertains to Kim. You know, our, is our brains forcing us to warp, um, warp stories and warp memories into having something to do with Kim because we want to find her so bad. Um, but we need to start back in the 80s, I guess, because all of the theories that we have run through, we still haven't found Kim. And we're at a wall where we have no information to share um nothing new except for the fact that that property gave us the heebie-jeebies um we were asked to take it down we don't we don't want to hurt anybody and if this woman who um you know messaged us was crying over our episode that that hurt us quite badly because that's never what we wanted to do um yeah and and to be in so much pain that she's just like throwing insults out there at us you know telling us to get our heads examined and stuff i that's not what we it's not what we set out to do um Lost where I was just then, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to start back in the 80s, I think. Because we have nothing new. We have no new information to share, and we, we we need to keep sharing these episodes because you wouldn't believe the amount of people that are sending us, you know, pictures of Jane Doe's to share with the Ameros. People are sending us articles. Um, one woman this morning sent us an article about Kenneth Estabrooks from St. John, who they figure molested like 200 children over two decades or three decades starting in the 50s and he finally got caught in 1999. You know, maybe he had something to do with it or maybe he had a correlation to Randy, who knows? But we're going to take everyone's suggestions very seriously, we're taking every fan theory very seriously um, and we're digging into it all. If anybody wants to come on here and tell their story, they're more than welcome to, then you'll have to stare at my ugly mug for, uh, for the whole entire episode. Um, But I think that we're getting close. I was defeated last week. Um, I felt like I disappointed the Ameros. I felt like I had disappointed you guys. I haven't found her yet. We haven't found her yet. And that was the goal. We set out to create something full of facts that was going to put it out there into the world and then we were hoping that someone was gonna spout facts back at us and we were gonna be able to find her or that we could at least clear through the mud because like the Michael Wayne McGrain theory and the 2009 dig, there's so much muddy, uh, so many, you know, muddy waves crashing in over this case, we need to stick to what we know. And like I said earlier, what we know is that Michael Wayne McGrace says that he did it, we think. We're you know, 89 to 90% positive that that happened. We're not positive about the dig and everything else, but we're also positive that that Rainey's been obsessing about this case for years and years and years, that he sent a CD and a tape. He watched the family with binoculars out his front window go digging for the tape. Um, he drove by them when they were digging for Kim. Um, and that's really all we know, and that she's gone and that there's still sightings of her to this day. They come up with nothing, but there's still sightings over to this day. Something's gotta give, and I feel like it's about to give. And last week when I felt so defeated, I I wasn't certain that we were gonna put out another episode, and I, I thought, you know what, we've just gotta start over ourselves, take ourselves away from the cameras and the microphones for a bit, and just start over and get back on the ground running, and, you know, start over. But I realized that I need everybody's help. I, I, I can't do this on my own, I guess, anymore. Or we can't, you know, my my team and I can't do this by ourselves like we thought that we could. And all of the information that everyone's been sending us is just leading us down all these paths and going, okay, that's muddy. That doesn't count. That's got nothing to do with her, you know. Or, hey, this may have something to do with her and we'll put her on the maybe, put this message on the maybe board. Or, or, you know, as if in the Kenneth Estabrooks thing, I never had a clue that this Kenneth Esterbrooks police officer you know, molested all of these children at that time, um, mostly young boys, not, you know, too many girls, but I had no idea of it. So we're learning um, as we go and we're learning from our audience, which this is incredible. This is this is an incredible way to, to to solve this. I think, you know, I don't, I'm not doing it to be a vigilante. I don't want anyone out there to be vigilantes, but I feel like together, we're putting these pieces of a puzzle together and that, that we're gonna get there. So. If there is no episode next week or the week after, please don't stop. It just means that we are digging and, and we are trying to find Kim and we're, you know, we're bouncing ideas off the Ameros. We're driving them probably crazy. Um, you know, hey, do you know this guy? Or hey, does this guy have something to do with, with her missing? We've, we've dropped a lot of names on them and, and a lot of ideas on them. And, and we're, we don't wanna drudge up all this information out of their subconscious and bring it to the forward um, to make them relive this nightmare for nothing. And I feel uh, rejuvenated, I feel like this is for something, and I feel like just you out there just hitting the share button um, or, or telling people about it at work or telling your friends about it, it's really working, it's amazing. And I didn't realize how much it was working and I think that's why I was so defeated last week until the, the news called me, CTV News called me, and Mary Cranston said that her producer has been watching these episodes and following along and wanted to do a piece, and I sat back after I got off the phone and I went, it's working, like it's working. People are watching, people are paying attention, and I feel like we, we can't do what everyone else has done with Kim, her family excluded, of course, and just tried so hard to, to wrap our heads around it and solve it and then let it go you know, for another five or six years because, you know, no new information popped up or it's too hard to solve. So we just let it go. I don't want us to let it go. I think we can do this. And I think that with all of the information coming in and my team working, you know, constantly every other second we have, we're bouncing ideas off each other and we're constantly on the internet and out on at the newspaper archives. I think this is gonna, I don't know. I feel like we may find her. I don't want to get too excited I don't want to get too nervous I don't want to get too worried you know because others have tried before me for 32 years and we are nothing spectacular let me tell you Um, and no one's been able to solve this case but I don't know I don't know if there's been such a community effort as of yet and for that I truly thank you and to my little metal detector buddies who went up and metal detected that property for us um I thank you for that as well And my apologies again to the gentleman who claims to own that property up there. Um, I did not mean to upset your daughter. I didn't mean um, to make her cry. Um, I was just reporting um, what I thought of that property and how I saw it. And um, it gave everyone the heebie-jeebies, that's for sure. And I really atoned those heebie-jeebies to the thought of maybe knowing what could be there. I don't know how you camp there knowing what could be there. Um, But... That was a mistake, and so we we respected your wishes and um, revamped the episode. This is the revised edition. I'd like to mention something else at this time as well because I had another meeting with our dear psychiatrist and uh, we chatted in length about Randy and about her opinion of it all. And she said that it is very well known um, that uh, people who commit crimes like that, such as murder, we will revisit the scene, we'll try and stay up on the case, we'll always be nosing around to see if there's anything new or anything developing. But she's kind of stumped on the involving your case, yourself in the case so much so that you send this letter posing to be a psychic or you send a tape or you send a CD. She said his ego could be so grandiose that he really didn't think anyone would ever know who he was. But if that's the case, it leads us to one of two questions. Was Randy leading the police to this property to completely, completely throw the police off of where she actually is? Or did Randy lead the police to this property out of guilt? Those are those are our two questions. There's been grumblings about, like you know, just low grumblings about perhaps she's in Saint Martin's. Um, there was a there was a shortly after she went missing, there apparently was a sighting um, that way, uh, but who knows, right? And there's been little grumblings here and there about her being in Saint Martin's. Stuff that we've looked into, but you know, not incredibly. Um, so that, that's that's also a question that we have because we know he sent the CDs and we know he sent the tapes. And so we're on the fence of whether he did it because he's nuts or he did it because he's involved. Although the psychiatrist says, you know, there's a difference between an obsession and an obsession. And she said that she doesn't believe as, I don't believe the same, I don't know what you guys think, that um, you wouldn't do that if you weren't involved. You wouldn't obsess like that and... and Try and turn your grandson into believing that he was some sort of medium and the dead was speaking through him and go through, you know, that for years with your grandson if if you weren't involved in this case. So if he is involved and if I'm right and she's right, that's a question. Maybe this property that gives me the heebie-jeebies, maybe she's, she was never there. Maybe, you know, he had just hunted up there a bunch of times and knew of it. Maybe he had a falling out with the actual owner. Who knows, right? I mean, we know that he, he hunted up that way, so... Maybe that happened and he threw the, the heat on that property, trying to drive them far away from where she actually is or or trying to make himself in, 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 you know into some sort of hero, saying, you know, I'll write this letter and I'm going to say that I'm a psychic and that's how I know and that's where she's buried and that's where she'll, they'll, they'll go looking for her and if they find out it's me writing this letter, well, I'll look like the hero because I'm trying to help. But really, I've got her tucked here. That's a theory. Um, or maybe he's not smart enough for that. Um, the few people that did know Randy that we spoke to. We spoke to some cowboys that are coworkers. Um, We spoke to some locals that were coworkers and they all say that, you know, Randy was a pretty simple guy, just a simple, you know, nice run of the mill guy, you know, not overly intelligent. So was he intelligent enough to come up with that? Um, if she's not there, I don't know. That's another question. So we are digging for these answers. Um, we're not sure as of this point where we're going to find them. Um, but we're certain that they're going to be found. So, Keep going. We're gonna keep going. For those of you who saw the original um, chapter five, um, I'm sorry if I seem so down. I was just feeling really defeated because we thought by this time we'd be a little further further ahead than we are, and um, but that's okay because we can't give up. That's what everyone else has done. Again, family aside, so man, this would be incredible if a community was able to solve the disappearance of Kim Amaro. That would be incredible. just takes one person to send one message to solve it. So thank you for tuning in to Finding Kimimaro, Chapter 5, the revised edition. We are refreshed, we are reinvigorated, and we are ready to hit the ground running. We are starting back in the eighties. And again, if you worked at the dry dock in the eighties or if you knew Randy, I'm not going to say his last name um, out of respect for his family. Um, But if you knew him, um, or if you think I'm talking about someone that you knew, please get at us, Um, findingkimamero.com. You can send anonymous messages there. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Finding Kim Amaro on Facebook and send us a message through there. Um, We're also, I wanted to say, we're holding on to a lot of um, names confidentially, and we're not releasing anyone's name um, that that helps us along this journey um, to anyone. So I wanted to let you guys know that because a lot of people that have sent us messages start off with, don't use my name, and that's cool. If you don't want us to use your name, we're not going to go back on our word. Um, we have a lot of little sleuths out there helping us, which has been amazing, and um, we have no intentions of of... Using anyone's name without their permission, and if you send us an anonymous message, it will stay that way. Um, the cowboys that I speak of um, didn't want us to have their names or their phone number, and they but they wanted to speak to us on the phone. So we talked to them on the phone for as hours, and um, again, we're not we're not using their information or their names at all. So we are willing to be confidential. But again, if um, anything you say is going to lead to the dis- or finding or solving the disappearance of Kim Amaro, of course the police are going to be interested in what you have to say, so you can always uh, call the St. John Police Department with your tips as well. Again, thank you for watching. Uh, finding Kim Amaro Chapter 5, the revised edition. Um, I'm sorry that the first edition was taken down. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you next week with something new.